one of the worst ever chat up lines I've heard was, do you want to go halves on a baby? What? <laughs> Which is awful. That is awful. I don't even want to go halves on a chocolate bar. <laughs> As a chat-up line, it meant one thing, but actually, do you want to go halves on a baby financially would be a bit more appealing because they're really quite expensive. They are so expensive. What were some of the things when your kids were little, if you can remember that far back, when they were babies, Whoa. that were much more expensive than you expected? Like, what kind of caught you off guard? Nappies yeah. were really expensive because, spoiler alert, they go through a lot. They do, I mean, a lot. They are absolute poop machines. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember in the hospital them saying, like, you know, you're probably going to be looking at 10 nappies a day in the early stages. And I think, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they only come, come in packs of 30. Well, I have to go to the shops twice. Oh, my God. Looking like this. I've had no sleep. 10 a day in the, uh, in the early days. It's like it a really bad smoking People still use terry toweling nappies, like reusable nappies. It's an environmental thing. Yeah. My mum did with some of my younger siblings because I just remember constantly picking my fingers on the safety pins trying to pin oh, them in together. Right. But that was a, a cost saving thing, not an environment because nobody cared about the environment in the 80s. People did start to care about the environment in the 80s because that was when hairspray really went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nappies I thought were really expensive. Clothes are expensive because babies have this really awkward way of growing. Like, in minutes, like by the time you've bought the clothes, have outgrown them. By the time you've them. changed that nappy for the tenth time, you've already outgrown the clothes you put on that morning. Considering they do them cleverly, so not three months doesn't last three months. No. When you get all of those clothes on your first, you yeah. know, when you're first born, you fill the wardrobe and you're just like, all right, okay, it's a week now, none of this fits. Um, Harrison's didn't fit immediately because he was nearly ten pounds. I got these cute little newborn things and could just about get it over his little chubby arm. <laughs> just go straight out and buy the next size up. Yeah, so all of that, obsolete. Yeah. Which is why there's really good options for people now, I think, to kind of swap clothes and there's no shame in it. I think, how are they secondhand when they've been worn for five minutes? Literally that. I was over the moon. A friend of a friend has three kids and she said one day you know I've got some spare clothes and I went yeah yeah she went and she brought an actual full bin bag and I was over the moon that's the best dressed Harrison's been in like all of his life they were brand new some of the stuff like they wear them yeah. once or twice but yeah when you get clothes gifted for your kids unless their child's born in the same season as yours yeah. because of how quickly they outgrow them you end up with clothes for a very specific age range three to six months but it's shorts and you're in the middle of winter or vice versa yeah so your kids dress like a snowman yeah. it's July <laughs> yeah and it's like well the clothes were free so yeah, well, you're gonna you have know, to sweat the good point is that they've lost that much weight and gone back down the size range <laughs> <laughs> The marketing around you need all of this for your oh baby. Oh my god! So all of your the heart monitors, all of the video cameras, everything you would need in a cot. Like from the second you're pregnant as well, isn't it? Yeah. Bottle warmers. Yeah. AKA need. a microwave. <laughs> yeah. AKA a jug of water. Uh, baby baths. I mean, what is wrong with the sink? I got baths in the sink till I was about 14. Sinks are amazing. And um, just the right height as well, so they protect your back as a mum. So cheap and health conscious. And one of the things that got me was when I went to buy a car seat. Because mm. then they go, here's all of the ranges. But this one, which is three times more expensive than anything else, is the one with the higher safety features. And as a panicky, pregnant new mum, you're there going, I'm fairly sure they're all safe because they wouldn't be allowed to be selling them. But you're saying that this one's the more safe. Like I'm just going to have to spend three times the amount to go for it. Like They can just terrify you into spending more money. Absolutely. It's car seats and the prams and the pushchairs and it's all these three in one and you need all of these. And 
actually, you really don't, do you? No. Just a sling. Just a sling them on your body. Bag for life. <laughs> I mean, no. Bag for life. No. Why not? I don't know in hindsight, though, that I needed to buy the most expensive car seat because... It's just more complicated. So complicated. They're rock hard to use. And they wouldn't be selling the others if they weren't safe. And then again, they just outgrow them. And then you have to just do it all over again. And actually, I don't think I went for the most safe one when I went for the next size up. I think I just went for the one that looked pretty and matched my car. <laughs> it's in black and red, matched the trim of my car. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I think when you're a new parent or you're, you're kind of just going into it for the first time and you're pregnant and you buy into all of this, and then there's that whole second child thing, isn't there, where they just get second-hand stuff. And... I haven't seen Jude for about three weeks. <laughs> no, I don't know where he's at. Other things I think are really, really expensive for kids is shoes. Like, even, oh, like, little what... baby shoes, like, £30 for a decent In... pair of shoes. Do you know what you've got coming to you? Oh. Because at the minute, your little boy's just yeah. at nursery and he has a couple of pairs of shoes and that'll do him all the yeah. time. Oh, when he goes to school, he'll need nice trainers, playing out trainers, school shoes, PE shoes, oh. football boots. Oh. Every <laughs> time they change size, size. All of them again. At least five. And then, oh, if you go to a wedding, dress shoes. Could you... Buy a few sizes up and get them to wear lots of socks and grow into them. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing when I was a kid. I was always, you'll grow into it, you'll grow into it, you know, while... Rolling your sleeves up. Still haven't grown into them, them seven to eight. <laughs> still got the same clothes. Still wear my school uniform from um, year seven. So they even got me with his first pair of shoes, which is when he couldn't walk. So the crawling crawlers. shoes. Crawlers! <laughs> a pair of crawlers. And they were like, no, I think they were like 25, 30 quid. The, the nice kind of leather and they're good for the feet and they protect the feet while they crawl and they help shape them and shape the arch. So you have them in the house, which you wouldn't wear shoes anyway. Yep. They go into their buggy yep. and then you take them to a restaurant or something and they sit there or they're in the park and they're like crawling about there anyway. Yeah. So actually, they're just nothing. really expensive Actual slippers yeah. is what you bought there. <laughs> <laughs> and then outgrew them immediately. Yeah. They're so expensive. Um, and I was also thinking another unnecessary expense when you're first having a child is doing up the nursery. You do this nursery and you get all your nice furniture and you pay for one of those flipping nursing chairs. But then the baby comes and they're just sleeping with you for the first half of many months anyway and your room's just sat there gathering dust and you just think, what? I mean, you could clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Havisham's nursery. <laughs> Busy in my rocking chair. <laughs> ugly rocking chair. Um, no, I think there is just a whole market around people wanting to buy things for a baby and you feeling that you're not going to be a good parent yes, unless yeah, you, if you have haven't got everything all of it, yeah, absolutely. that you could possibly want. Which is why the second child gets nothing. It's just because you know you don't need it. Exactly, you yeah. Just, you're a bit yeah. more established. You think, actually, you definitely didn't need that whole room gathering dust in there. Exactly, you know, yeah. Just... You realise what matters to the kids is absolutely none of that stuff. They have no interest in it whatsoever. They have these big, elaborate first birthday parties and lots of presents and lots of guests. Yeah. And the baby sleeps through it. Yeah. They're not yeah. interested and they don't have the conception of what a birthday might be. And they don't need anything because you've still got all of the presents and everything that you had from when they were born. So Harrison yeah. was born in August. So he was like three and a bit months older for his first Christmas. And I spent £5 on presents for him because three months old <laughs> had everything like you say not long since being born you know that one rattle that i'd been playing with was more than enough there was literally no point in it but then you see mountains and mountains of presents and you have to then sit and wrap the presents just to sit and unwrap them yourself wow. 
So there's people in the office that are about to become parents for the first time. Norm, who's pregnant, and Dwight, whose wife is pregnant. So do you think we should share some of our experiences and pearls of wisdom with them? I mean, we could try, but everyone's journey is different. True. It's about what makes you happy. Money is important, but it's not the be all and end all. If it makes you feel more secure to spend an extra £100 on a car seat, then that's right for you. Yeah, yeah. We can give them pearls of wisdom. But one of the thing, annoying things about having a baby is everyone's got pearls An opinion. Of everyone's got an everyone's opinion. Got opinion. Yes, but not everybody's it. finance wizards like you and I. And I was also thinking that there's a 15-year age difference between when you had your first child and when I had mine. So it'd be interesting how much things might have changed from oh, then yeah. to now and then mm -hmm. how it might change again in the future when i had lennon it was they should sleep on the back and they should be wrapped up and swaddled in a certain way by the time i had um jude it was baby should be on sorry the front. i love that it's your second child and you had to remember his name for a little bit yeah. <laughs> it's like and um, the other one the next one down by the time i had jude <laughs> um, they were supposed to sleep on their front yeah which is um, mad isn't by it? the time i had cedric cage <laughs> don't know what that's all about but um, then even that it's gone full circle again so when I had Harrison mm -hmm. you have to put back on the back well no wonder I can't get any sleep I'm up all night rotating the baby <laughs> <laughs>
the cost of raising a child was about half, actually, of the stats that we've talked about. So 75 grand for a couple or just over 100 for a single parent. And then the Daily Mail, because what would Stay the Daily Mail be without some extremes? So they've gone so much higher, like 230 grand. But they've used the age of 21, whereas the others went to, OK, if you were supporting your child until the age of 18. But nowadays, who is only supporting the child to the age of 18? Oh, Once that's all I was planning on. Oh, you are in for a big shock. Oh. You've got to look at university. If oh. they're going to be a doctor, you're looking at medical school. Oh. Look, once over years ago, people used to leave school at 16, certainly in our area, and they would get a job building ships or whatever we used to do. <laughs> um, and that would be it. And they would be self-sustained and they'd meet somebody and they'd get married and they'd get a house. And now kids stay at home until their 30s or their 20s and they might have a job, but you're still actually providing a lot for them with a home. And... No, because why are you not charging them board? Yeah, but like, not... they get to an age that you've got to the north, they've got to stand on their own how much, how much board would you charge? 50% of whatever they earn. No. That he would. Well, then how are they going to save him to move out? I won't. I'd have him around a little bit longer, but I would charge board. You pay yours to stay at home and then wins that you're still supporting them. No, no, absolutely. I'm too good a mum, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> the too good a mum award. <laughs> I used to charge Lennon board and then he was off work for ages with his pooly leg and then I've just never really got back into the habit of it. But I would only charge him £20 a week and it was just a token more than anything so he mm. could get used to the fact that he had to pay it. He literally... I used to spend that on him in, on Pringles. <laughs> that kid's like a Pringle machine. So does he buy his own Pringles now but doesn't pay your board? I will get a Pringle supply in, but if it runs out, I am not. I'm not doing a midweek Pringle shop. It, when they gone, they gone. <laughs> Have that conversation on a Saturday. That was just ridiculous. Jude had said to me this morning, oh, "It's cold out there today. Do you want to give me a lift to the bus stop? What the bus stop that takes you three minutes to walk to?" And like, yeah, but it's a bit cold. And I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I hope you charged from petrol. I did not. I did say to him, you do understand how ridiculous this is, don't you? And then knowing myself is, do it again. That is ridiculous. And it is, and it's just, it's just feels so guilty. And I think, oh, it is cold. I don't want him standing on the bus stop. It's really cold. So how old's Jude? He's 15. So if he was with you until he was 30, you're literally only halfway through it. Are you going to sustain this? I don't know, because he's just going to be one of them kids who's just, um, I don't even know what he's going to do. Sometimes I feel like you've come out the other side of child rearing with him being older mm-hmm. and you can do things and have nights out or holidays. But then actually, if you could be around for another 30 years, like financially, you're not, you're not out the woods oh, yet. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so have you factored that in when you've done your retirement planning and you're paying off your mortgage? Have you factored in Sprog's hanging around an extra 15 years? So I should charge him board. Because board, what is board? You know, there's, when you think of your gas, your electricity, petrol for lifts to places, the cheeky cash you give them to go and get a drink at the weekend, or clothes to buy clothes. Well, this is what I mean, but, like, when are you going to do this till? Until he moves out. When he's 30? When he's, you know, I'm presuming all this money he's not paying in board that he's saving towards a house deposit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's never moving out. Oh, sorry, Joe. It's also your own experiences, isn't it? So I can't imagine having a child that isn't self-sustainable from 18 onwards, because I was. And so while I'd like to think I could give him more help than I maybe had, I would want him to stand on his own two feet. And in the same way, when we talked about board, I did pay board. You know, I was working three jobs when I was 16, so I paid board and I paid it properly, not a token 20 quid a week that I got, you know, 50 quid a week back and stuff. I did exactly the same work, two jobs, and was at college. 
and gave 90% if not more of my wages to my mum to help support the household. But because of that yeah, yeah, is the you reason don't want why do I don't yours. want to do that to mine. I don't need that board. I don't need 20 quid a week. So I feel no, guilty. No, but that's, I know you, you don't might. need it, but they need to learn the that, concept of paying I, it or absolutely saving. Absolutely. Oh, I know you're absolutely right. I just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can take advice. I just don't do so it. So take that amazing mum award away from you right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was very short-lived. But it is. I think our era was different where we... We paid it out because we had to and because our mums needed it. Whereas I'd like to think with Harrison, even if I don't need it, I'd instill it in him. Mm -hmm. And assuming he's not listening to this podcast in 15 years' time, even if I took the money off him and put it into a savings account and he never knew it was there, and then at the point that he wanted to go off and do something, it was there and he's kind of paid for it himself, but he's learned to work and to pay for things. But Lennon had a job when he was 16. He went and worked in a little bar and he did all that. And I presume Jude will do the same. They did have a little job, but I wouldn't yeah. dream of... I think I know how hard it was to work in a bar at that yeah. age and you're on your feet all day. And I I don't seem to recall, looking back, that I was ever resentful because I knew yeah, yeah. it was needed. Yeah. But would I have been resentful if it wasn't needed and it was taken? Ah, uh, true, yeah. There's a difference. Oh, it's like just lose-lose. These are the lessons I learned about parenting. You cannot win whatever oh, you do. Not. It's wrong. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's wrong and expensive. Um, so... Children. Is there a return for them? I'm not saying we put them to work, like in a factory. We can't stick them up chimneys, like off Mary Poppins anymore. Mainly because they don't exist anymore. I have a chimney. Do you have a chimney? No. Of course I have a chimney, I've got a, a log fire. Yeah, you do, yeah. So you're saying you'll collect board? So what we want is the maximum return for the minimum effort. Yeah, <laughs> it's like investing. minimum risk. <laughs> minimum risk. Yeah, absolutely. So has he got any athletic ability? No. All right, so we're just counting out the Olympics and yeah. the football, I think. Yeah, what is he good at? I regularly say that I should get Harrison into writing reports because exactly that, like, do something. And he's quite good at typing. He needs to get a little bit faster and mm. understand some financial concepts. Maybe if he listens to the podcast for a little bit, he could be working for us by the time he's five. Potentially. Oh, he's really good with dinosaurs. Education, he could become a famous dinosaur man. What did they do? <laughs> paleontologist. paleontologist. Um, I don't think that's going to give me a return on my money. That's just a, a career. How else could you get some money back from them then? Well, you can't make them work, can you? Don't you get them to They're do cute. like chores and um, wash the car? Yes. That would be a good one. Money. Yeah. Save your cash. There is Again, can't do it with a three-year-old. Yeah, what Maybe can, just what the tyres. can the tires. Can <laughs> <laughs> What about child actors and things like that? I would say Harrison could be an actor because he's at that age where when he just needs something, it's like somebody can press a button and the tears can come on and then you can press a button mm. and the tears can turn off, like a tiny tears doll. So I think he could be a child actor, but I feel like that would be even a bigger investment as the parent in time and money. And rehab. And rehab, yeah. Lennon's always done singing gigs. He's a yes. singer in a band. But you don't Despite get the cash from it, yeah. All of the, hang on all a the equipment. Despite <laughs> me buying all of the equipment. Giving him his vocal cords. Potentially getting him the gigs yeah I gave him the vocal cords and I presume he gets his singing from me um, yeah I haven't had any return on that but maybe when he's famous and you know when you hear about oh, someone buy you from a one house. direction he'll buy me a house won't he yes probably yeah. the one that and you're currently living in and then he'll pay rent <laughs> yeah, yeah and pay me some board yeah <laughs> yeah no so are we looking for something that I think it's the jobs around the house to be honest because it'd save you having to pay for a cleaner or a car washer you can just get stuff done you get due to do the stairs still like <laughs> Does he not do the stairs still? No, he started just doing it really sloppily and I've just taken it back off him. <laughs> such a mug. I'm such a mug. He does nothing. <laughs> they do absolutely nothing. Essentially, you just need to invest in the stock market if you want to return because you're not getting one from kids. No, absolutely not. 
So what we say now that you shouldn't have kids, they're expensive and no. you get nothing back. <laughs> it depends what you want. If you want some of that emotional stuff that people have for yeah. kids, then do that. Yeah, true. If it's you literally want money, your only return. If you want money, don't have kids and invest. This podcast is sponsored by The Art of Finance. We'll make learning the world of finance interesting, modern and fun. Obviously, when I had Lennon, I was very young and he was a, a, a lovely but um, very big surprise. Um, so there was no planning involved at all. Mm. I was already three months pregnant, so I cut down the um, planning time as well slightly. But I wasn't already three months pregnant when I got pregnant. I was three months <laughs> pregnant when I found out. <laughs> and I was living at home at the time, so I had around six months to find a house, prep, buy all the unnecessary things. So there wasn't much planning involved. I often think how different it would be if I had planned... However, I have absolutely no regrets. I think because there wasn't the plan, there wasn't the unnecessary worry. Just had yeah. to deal with it. And I, I work best like that anyway. Yeah. And now exactly what we talked about before, he's 21 and I've got my life back. I can yeah. do whatever the hell I want and I'm still relatively young. <laughs> so that, you know, tongue in cheek. People have babies a lot later than they used to. Because when I was a kid growing up, I thought, I'll get married at 22, I'll have a baby at 24. That was kind of the thing. People now don't get married until they're in the 30s and have babies nearer 40. It's a completely different time range. What were your planning thoughts when you were having a baby? Um, none. Um... <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> well, no, I know what you mean about the whole, um, am I financially ready to have a child? And then you read the stats like it's going to cost you 150 grand to raise a, a child over their lifetime, which makes people think, I need to be ready, I need to have a certain house already. You know, might buy the first sort of starter home and it's a little two-bed terrace and it's cute and then they get married and then they're thinking, okay, well, I want a baby, but so I need a bigger house already. I need, you know, a three-bedroom or I need a garden. And um, I think people strive to get themselves into a financial position that they think will make them feel comfortable to have a child. But the reality is children just turn your entire world upside down anyway. So I don't think if you're ever waiting to feel financially ready to have a child, you'll wake up one morning and go, right, yep, everything's sorted. Finances are all in place. Mortgage is nice and low. House is just the right size. Car's perfect. That just doesn't happen, I think. And just things change, don't they? You, you know, you're trying to plan something that's to a degree quite unplannable mm -hmm. and there's the costs that you won't factor in like the 18 pairs of shoes that they apparently need there's you know different things entirely that you don't think of having a baby is such a emotional decision and as much as we've joked the fact is the return you get from kids isn't financial it is it emotional is. Mm -hmm. um that actually when you're trying to apply a logic and a financial and a rational approach to making that decision there's um an inconsistency it doesn't quite work that you mm -hmm. kind of wanting to wait until there's a certain number of pounds in the bank before you have a child. Because actually once it starts, literally from the point of you getting pregnant until they're 13 eventually move out, it's it's just emotions all the way, isn't it? And the finances yeah. just have to kind of fit in around that. Yeah, and you find a way. You'll never have enough money for a kid because you can always do more and you could probably always do less. You find a way to cope. That's exactly the way life is, isn't it?
Although we're saying that you'll never feel 100% ready because yep. for any of those large life-changing things that happen, there are things you can do to plan and we've talked about saving and we've talked about investing and certainly speaking to your employer and seeing what your rights are and what kind of time you want to take off work. And that it's kind like of knowledge is power, isn't it? It's actually yeah, just if you know what's coming up and you know what to expect, mm-hmm. even if you can't preempt it all or save for it all, but you kind of exactly that like you you know what your rights are and you know what income you are going to have because it's taking some of the fear away. It it's, it's not, you're not trying to go to the extreme of feeling you've got everything sorted and completely nailed and you're completely confident on it um but you also don't want to just feel like you're stepping into the unknown entirely it's kind of having some basics so Jojo medicine has advanced mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're once again of childbearing age <laughs> so you're doing it again from scratch you're pregnant you've got I'm not I've just put on a bit of weight because it was my birthday <laughs> it was all the cake <laughs> so you've got a few months to start just getting things in order so if I throw some ideas at you about different things they might consider, tell me your you kind of bullet points of what you'd think about it. So you're in a two-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking house-wise? Do you need to scale up or are you going to wait? Certainly not immediately. They're not You've... very big either when they first come out. They don't actually take up a lot of space they themselves. They don't, no. come in a little crib beside your bed and just get on with it. For now, yeah. yeah. And usually when you haven't had a baby, you've got a spare room for when your friends come over because you yeah. have all the rocks nights out. They stop. So, yeah, two bedrooms should be absolutely fine. One bedroom's fine for the first six months for a start. So, yeah, actually, exactly, don't yeah. panic. Have a look around, house. but save your money as you can. I would certainly wouldn't be buying a huge house in anticipation. Yeah. Because it's more space than you need and it's more expense than you need to be paying. Yeah. So just have what you need. The same with the car, because I remember when you had Harrison, you had that little two-seater sports car, and you're like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. So it you wasn't... You buy the SUV. It wasn't technically a two-seater. Technically, had a back seat, but, like, the kind of back seat that you... I don't think you could I get a car seat in it. In it. So. Yeah, no. And I was still just determined to find a way around it, maybe strap him to the roof or something, because I loved that little car so much. But then that was the one that got written off. Yeah. So then, because I had to replace it, I thought I should probably replace one with space for a child. But then I still didn't go any bigger than I needed to. If I already had a car that had enough space for a baby, I would have just kept it. Yeah. So, yeah, you really don't need to be scaling up, as long as you've got space for a car seat in whatever car you've already got. Yeah, absolutely, as long as your car's safe. What about if you do have some spare cash, investing it for your child, because there's some mm-hmm. exciting news, wasn't there, in the budget about around Jaisa? Junior Jaisa. Junior Jaisa. Yeah, Jaisa. Bit of jargon. <laughs> yeah, bit, bit of Jaisa jargon. I believe the Jaisa now is £9,000, so you can save up, save that every year for your child. You know, it may change in future years. Um, and then they can access that when they're 18, you know, to buy a car and you know, pay you some of the money back, possibly not. But it is a good investment for a child. So if you did actually start now, if you had so much spare cash and you put £9,000 a year into a junior ISA for your child. So you're doing that every year for 18 years. So that's... 180000 Can you um, imagine if someone gave you 200 grand at 18? 18. Exactly Absolutely that. Not. That is yeah. just dangerous. But that's the the downfall, I guess, with a junior ISA. It automatically no becomes that child's ownership. You can also invest into pensions for them. Um, I see a lot in my work of people, grandparents saying, instead of a birthday present, I bought them a pension. And I was like, oh, then Savage. It is. But do you know what's interesting there? There's not a lot in between that isn't a bit more complex. You could put it into a pension, but right now they then can't access it until 55. It's such a big difference. And the only thing in the middle is putting something into a trust for them, and then that takes a lot more complexity around planning. So I think implications of it. um, I think the vast majority of people are going to put, you know, if you've got a spare 50 quid a month, 
pop it into that. It's yeah. just nice, that little nest egg for them when they're 18 to maybe go yeah. travelling or get on property ladder or yeah, start I mean, I did their it uni. When he was 18, he had some money came to him when he was 18. What did he spend um, it on? A car. Did he? Yeah. yeah so, um, well, we bought him a car and then... Because you did. <laughs> um, it was just a little run around and he had to sometimes um, pop start it by um, getting it down the hill. Um, so it was just a little run around. It wasn't very safe. And then when he got, you know, when he turned 18, so we bought him that when he was 17. And um, when he turned 18, he passed his test and he got some money. He bought a new car. Just like, again, not a very expensive car, but, you know, yeah. it's his. And he's just really, he is conservative with his money. He's good. So I'm dreading when Jude gets his when he's 18. Oh, oh, oh. So this is my um, tip. Don't tell them it exists. And then you judge when they're 18, whether they are sensible yeah. enough or not, because the paperwork will just be coming to you, won't it? Jude will be 43 saying, Mum, I thought you said I had some money. You're not sensible enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do think saving. But, you know, he used to get, like, little um, building society accounts. You know, he used to get the little pigs and things. Yes. Um, so I think, actually, just a little cash account is a good start for a child because you do generally christenings and births and things... Um, and random old ladies who just come and put coins in your pram. Yeah. You do get money when you've had a baby, so yeah. it's nice to just say something. Yeah, that's how mine started. Um, I didn't really get involved, or I can't remember, you know, how many shillings I used to pay for childcare. <laughs> um, but the stats currently are parents with a child under two, nursery costs are £116.25 for 25 hours. So childminder costs, yeah, are about the same, which means for a year it's at least £6,000 based on somebody working part-time. So if you imagine you're working 25 hours a week mm. and just in a normal admin job, what do you think you're earning? Maybe 12,000, on... something like that, £13,000 a year, and half of that is childcare. Yeah. Um, in fact, I know people where it's it's even worse. Like It's almost you know about 90% of what they earn goes on the childcare costs, and you just... You can see why people think, well, what's the point? You know, what yeah. am I doing? And the people I know that do it, they do it because... They were on a strong career path beforehand. Mm -hmm. They don't want to lose that trajectory. They don't want that kind of time out. Somewhere like Finland, where they offer um, free childcare, absolutely brilliant. I'm yeah. sure their employment rates are much, much higher. And, well, exactly that. So from the government subsidising childcare, the economy benefits by more people going out to work. So um, with Harris and I got to the stage, so like I literally carried on working from hospital and then would work from home and then come in, I think from when he was about three months old, and then once he got to six months old, I was ready to kind of get into a bit more of a routine and I'd gone to the nursery then and they were amazing and they were lovely and all the rest of it. But my instinct as a mum was he was just a little bit too young. I just couldn't do it. So I carried on just kind of battling through and just juggling every single week and didn't know where I was. But by the time he was nine months, I was ready to kind of put him in. And then it just almost felt like you got some sort of life back. It was very different to how it was before you had a child. But you had a routine, you knew where he was, you knew where you were. Yes, there was a cost to it, but you had complete peace of mind of where he was. And, you know, when you're a new mum, you've got that guilt all the time when you're not with your child and nobody can look after my child as well as me. Um, but there was such a good nursery that I could genuinely drop him off and come into work and be completely focused in work, not worrying about him. And he got so much benefit from it and continues to, just being in that environment and with the kids and... Socialising. Socialising, helps their development. They get all of the germs nice and young, so they're just strong and resilient when they're older. So I actually think the, the concept of it works, and I think there's a lot of benefits to it. 
it is just so disproportionately extortionate. It is extortionate, isn't it? And of course, it's one of those things as well where you don't want to scrimp. Yeah. What about insurances? What would you be changing on? So you're uh, you're pregnant for the first time. What are you changing insurance-wise? I imagine if I've got a property, I've probably got a little bit of. I've certainly got um, a little bit of life insurance. You might want more. There's interesting insurances that is based all around having a child and what would happen if you couldn't provide for them as an income. So they would get you'd pay a premium and they will get um, a set amount each month if something were to happen to you this is family income benefit family income benefit and that would be that's an interesting thing to look at as well as insurance having a look at I remember um, them coming into the hospital I say them because I don't know who it is probably the men in black um, saying you know you can now claim for child debt tax benefits and things like yes, that yeah. which I wasn't aware of because I was working full time yeah. and didn't think I got any kind of benefit but you know child tax benefits absolutely have a look into what you're you're owed and get every single penny you can yeah you'll need it agree. yeah I mean yeah you will need it so income your eyes you need to look in your to your child benefit and what you get from that you need Check to look at your, your maternity pays don't make paternity. an assumption that you'll get any kind of additional benefits it might just be statutory maternity how much is that how much are your expenses? What can you scale back on? You know, are you cancelling your gym membership? Yep, don't need that collection? in the first few months. <laughs> Do need that. <laughs> You're probably going to need um, Disney Plus as well as your Netflix now. So, you know, those kind of things you need to look into. Um, but really work on your expenditure and see where you can make cutbacks and what is actually essential and what isn't. But you do find that you adjust accordingly, yeah. regardless of what level of pay you get, you do, you you adjust. And it is worth it. I absolutely, as much as I joke, you know, I, I really like my kids. Oh. <laughs> you know, they're... It was a touching, touching moment. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? <laughs> so we just need to say a big thank you to you, Joe. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Welks. Thank you to Mark and Glenn from Second Draft. Thanks to the Art of Finance for their sponsorship and to the marketing team at Verve for the beautiful Mint Podcast website. And thank you to people for listening. Do please get in touch with us via Twitter or via the email or via the World Wide Web. <laughs>